Good morning, People's Church family. Hey, I don't know what happened for me to find myself in this place. <laughs> whatever happens, whatever prayers people have been praying, I don't know. It must have been between you guys and God, because clearly. <laughs> yeah, uh, my name is Zoro, and um, I'd like to appreciate and acknowledge the eldership of Design and the church for giving me the opportunity to be part of this dynamic standard that has already been set by Designed. It has been a wonderful morning so far. I just feel like we can go home. The drama, the worship, everything has just been on standard. Go home, part of me just trying to chip out, but... <laughs> Mine is just to say yes to the will of the Father and just be used as a vessel. Um, I think Auspali um, always says to me, girl, it's not about you. It's not about you, so put yourself and your emotions aside. So that really helps to know that God is even able to use broken vessels like me. Uh, before anything, I think it's always good to just say a prayer. Um, so let's just bow our heads and pray. Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you. Thank you so much, oh God, for just being in our midst, almighty God. We don't take this time for granted, oh God, and we thank you for each and every heart and each and every family represented in this place. Thank you, O oh God, that your reckless love, O oh God, is surrounding us and has covered us. We thank you, O oh Lord, even for your word that is going to be shared this morning. Jehovah God, I pray that your word would speak to us, O oh God, and your word would minister unto us in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I'd like to share something that's very close to my heart. And I believe most of us have experienced, questioned, or hopefully helped somebody through this very phase of life. In a world of constant change, where children are faced with many questions and struggles, trying to sort out their own multiple identities, schools consider books and curriculums that try to shape their agenda and point them to things that are not true with the word of God. Um, social media enticing them to materialistic things and achievements that are temporal and sometimes families giving us titles that we cannot bear coining us to restricted standards and limiting us to who god has called us to be the exploration of identity in the world we live in is actually quite scary not setting a standard on who we are means that we have this ongoing struggle of constantly trying to build an identity of our own. For those of us that are on social media, well, specifically like Instagram, there is something that they call in a bio. So a bio is a, a platform where you get to fill in information about people knowing you before actually getting to follow you. So on the bio, you'd write something like, um, I'm a, a dancer, a chef, a cook, and somebody else would say, I am the co-founder of um, A and B consultant, and I am the CEO of this and that. And for some people that are very spiritual, they will add in there to say, I'm a born-again Christian, sanctified, and washed by the blood. And whatever else that you want people to know about you, you add that onto your bio before people can actually follow you. Now, there's nothing wrong with actually um, following these accounts or feeling very closely related to these bios and motivated into modeling them or being inspired by these bios that are written there. But the question, the constant question is who people think you are, 
what others, what you think about yourself, and basically how you define yourself to be. It's interesting that none of those bios have got embarrassing moments or failures that they have experienced in their lives because everybody is trying to put in something that is enticing and a way that you can be approved and accepted by society. Perhaps maybe let's start by identifying what identity is. Identity is broadly defined by Dr. Google, of course, as a sense of who we are as individuals and as members of social groups. It also refers to the sense of how others may perceive and label us as. Identity can also be a person's sense of self, their unique characteristics, their affirmations, and their roles. Attached to these things again are the constant questions that not only teenagers ask, but every one of us have some, at some point in our lives asked ourselves, who am I? How was I created? Why was I created? What am I here for? And where am I going? Hence, our sharing for today is, you are his. His who? Your job, your career, your highest marks, your title deeds, your social ranking, if ever there's such a thing. No, none of those can match the ultimate identity, which is in the truth and knowing and being in God's very own masterpiece. Turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 1, and I'll be reading from verse, I'll be reading some parts of this scripture from verse 1 to 2, and I'll jump to others in between. So Genesis um, chapter 1, verse 1 to 2 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the scripture of God moved upon the face of the waters. Verse 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God said, Let there be, firm, let there be ferment in the midst of the waters, and divide the waters from and divide the heavens from the waters. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and, there, and let the land appear. And it was so. Verse 11. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, and herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree. And then in verse 24 it says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures, and this kind of cattle, and experiencing one thing to the another, the beast of the earth and after its own kind. And it was so, yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed in itself was upon the earth. And it was so. Let's pause there for a minute. If we listened carefully to um, this first part of the scripture, we will realize that there are some certain words that were Ex repeated in how God created the words and God said and at the end where he said let it be so but when we look at verse 26 God changes the way in which he created let's look at verse 26 verse 26 said and let us make man in our own image in the previous verses it was saying and God said let there be but this time, in verse 26, he says, let us make man in our own image. 
after our own likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creepy thing that creepeth upon the earth. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he made them. Verse 28 says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. People's church family, when God created you and I, he was very particular in how he created us. He didn't just speak. He didn't just say, let there be. He said, let us. He had an agreement with himself, the Holy Trinity. What do we learn about unity? The Bible in Psalms 133 says, where there is unity, God commands a blessing. This tells us that when God created us, we were destined already with a blessing. There was agreement and unity when God was creating you and I. What does this have to do with identity, you may ask? Well, in quest to knowing who we are, what our purpose is, and why we were created, we need to go back to the author, the one whom created us in the very beginning. How powerful it is to know that the God who created the entire universe placed the stars and named them all one by one. The one who placed the fish in the seas, the creeps, and the, not the creeps, the beasts, sorry, and the crawling things that are upon the face of the earth. He created you and I. He was very particular in how he created us, and he created us in his image. Being created in the image of God means that we cannot in any way possible discriminate somebody that may look different from us. I'm talking about racial issues, discriminating somebody because of their appearance, discriminating somebody because they are young or old, rich or poor, mentally challenged or facing a life-threatening illness. Neither can we look down upon anybody that is even battling sins that we cannot even see. All these people were made in the image of God. He was particular in how he made each and every one of us. Our theme scripture today comes from Ephesians 2 verse 20. It reads as follows. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which was prepared in advance for us to do. Another version says that we are God's masterpiece. Now, a masterpiece is a piece of work that is outstanding. It is a skillfully thought out plan. It is an extraordinary thing, a supreme and highly intellectual work. And God considers us as his masterpiece, the apple of his eye, the center of all that surrounds him. You are his masterpiece. How is it possible then that we can afford to undermine and, and ridicule people that were created in the image of God? When God saw us, he saw us as masterpieces. I think that it is very sad, actually, when we call each other names and we shame and sometimes we even shame ourselves into pits of mistakes that we can easily overcome. Bad days, I think, should remain bad days. And it doesn't mean that having a bad day means that it's the bad, 
you have a bad, what, the rest of your life. It's just a bad day. And let that be just a bad day. And this thing of calling names and speaking negative things over our lives is not what God destined for us. I know that I am guilty of this as well. And we are so quick to dismiss the truth in who God created us to be. And we don't even need to go far because sometimes we end up being the enemies of our own selves. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit of it thereof. We become what we speak repeatedly over ourselves and others. I pray that God helps us in Jesus' name to really take control of this very small body part, but has got such a huge and a dynamic impact in how our generation and tomorrow will be. Let's read Genesis 3 verse 1 to 5. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, "We may eat any fruit the tree in the we may eat of any fruit of the tree in the garden, but God did say, "You must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die." Verse four says, "You will certainly not die." The serpent, the serpent said to the woman, "For God knows when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good." And evil. There is so much we can learn about um, Genesis 3 from verse 1 to 5, besides the blame game that I always hear people talk about when reading, when reading this portion of scripture. But um, I would like us to focus our attention on verse 5, which says that, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. How toxic is that? A downplay, actually, by eating the fruit of good and evil will make us just like the one who created both her and it. Very twisted, eh? The father of all lies tried telling Eve that from the fruit she will be just like God, knowing, knowing good and evil, which was not hidden, hidden from man. But what the devil did not tell Eve was that this good and evil is not what it actually was supposed to be. What the devil did not tell Eve is that this knowledge meant that, okay, I'm, I'm not going to try and squint through this, but when I wrote this, when I got the revelation of this, I realized that what the serpent did not tell Eve was that the good and evil that this serpent was referring to is not what God created for us, what he did not destine for us. This means that the good and evil he was talking about was actually the consequences of sin. So the truth behind in knowing what good and evil is, the devil was actually just trying to say that you will become a sinner and your life is going to be equals to death. This was the hidden truth behind the good and the evil fruit that God said, do not touch that fruit. Because when God created us, remember he said we were created in his image. When God created us, he made us from his image. There is no sin in God. There is no unrighteousness in God. So it is not possible that God would create you and I for us to live a sinful life. Our God is holy. He is the definition of goodness and righteousness. Therefore, 
we couldn't possibly have been created in his image and be sinful and be of a sinful nature the deception that sometimes fail, falls upon us is thinking that the deception that sometimes falls upon us is thinking and attaching a false identity will make us belong and fit in to a society and sometimes even we think that it might earn us a red carpet we don't realize that by doing this we are partaking in a sickness that is eating up our peace like eve we now will no longer place be placed in a position like a, a doctor you know a medical doctor for medical people that are in the room i'm open for correction but what i'm trying to say is as a doctor you are able to identify a sickness you are able to identify a cancerous cell and you are able to prevent that cancerous cell maybe entering from your body or potential clients but when that cancerous cell is actually in your body you've got a different view of what that sickness is you can treat a patient but when it is in you it eats up your peace eve was in the situation where now she was she knew that there was good and evil but this good and evil that the devil lied to her about put her in a position where she now was contaminated by this sin that was so deeply rooted in us but we thank god for sending jesus christ because jesus christ removed all of that we are here today because of the work of the blood child of god do you not know that you belong to god has no one ever told you that you have been bought with a price and you need not to be enslaved by the things of the world i think that it's time that we change the trajectory of our lives by refusing the lies of the enemy by knowing what god calls us to be everything in this world is shaking there is power in not just knowing who we are but knowing who god has called us to be ephesians 1 verse 5 says that god decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through jesus christ this is what he wanted us to do and it gave him great pleasure in other words we have jesus christ as our source of reference we are no longer our own we are joined heirs with christ we have been given the blueprint of being part of his family we have when we have christ the quest of feeling lost lonely confused and sometimes wanting to adopt certain styles of the world naturally fall off because we know who we are and what he has called us to be so the question now is who am i and what does god call me to be where do we go to when we have this identity crisis to whom do we look up to when we are stuck and we are confused with the standards of the world filled with so much lies and we feel hopeless the answer is god we always look to god god is the beginning and the end he is the author of everything that happens in between our lives nothing that happens in our lives catches god by surprise so it is only fair that we go back to the one that created us in the very beginning meaning that before trying to fix ourselves trying to check ourselves with the standard of the society Christ calls us new creatures he calls us new creations because of what he did for us on the cross of Calvary here are some truths to remind us of who we are 
Because let's be honest, sometimes life gets to us. But here are some portions of scripture that remind us of who God has called us to be. When we are sick, God declares and he calls us healed. In Isaiah 53 verse 5, he says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we were healed. When we feel weak, God calls us strong. In Psalms 18 verse 32, it says, God arms me with strength. He makes my way perfect. When we slip away and we sometimes sin, God calls us forgiven. 1 John 2 verse 12 says, I am writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. When we feel abandoned, remember that you have been adopted. Ephesians 1 verse 5 says, God decided in advance, in advance, that we have been adopted in his, into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. When we feel broken, God calls us whole. Colossians 2 verse 10 says, So you are complete through your union with Christ Jesus, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you feel rejected, remember that you are his. In Isaiah 43 verse 1, he says, Do not fear. I have redeemed you. I have summoned you and you are mine. When you feel alone, remember that God is with you. Joshua 1 verse 9 says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When you feel hopeless, God gives us hope. In Jeremiah 29 verse 11, he says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for warfare and not of evil, to give you a future and to give you hope. When you feel purposeless, God gives us and created us with a purpose. He says in Esther 4 verse 14, that perhaps this is the moment for which you've been created. In Daniel, it says that we were created to those that know their God will do great exploits. When you feel that you have failed, God declares that you are victorious. In 1 Colossians 15 verse 57, it says, But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we feel lost, he gives us direction. We have this reference from Isaiah 30 verse 21 that says, Whether you turn to the right or you turn to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. Whenever you feel unhappy, always know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And when you do feel afraid, remember that you are powerful, you are loved, and God has given you a sound mind, just as 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says. In Psalms 139 verse 14, he says that, I praise you because I have been fearfully and wonderfully made. And my soul knows that full well. Whenever we feel worthless, it's always good to go back to God because he is our sense of wealth. He says in John 3 verse 16 that he gave us his one and only son. We heard from Connie this morning that if God had to do, 
if God had to die for us over and over and over again, he wouldn't hesitate. So we should always feel worth it because God sees us as such. There is nothing that catches God by a surprise when it comes to us. Remember, we are his masterpiece. He loves us so dearly. And I pray that this truth settles in our hearts and it heals some troubled minds. He wants us to only walk with our chests boldly and confidently, knowing that nothing can come in between us and him because we belong to him and he is ours. Never mind the unbranded clothing. Never mind the peer pressure that may come from school, workplaces, and wherever we are. We are God's, and he is ours. Earlier I had said that knowing and understanding who we are is it, knowing and understanding who we are in Christ is key. But now I am convicted and I pray that we don't just understand it, but I pray that God gives us a revelation that it should not just be head knowledge that this is who God says I am, but that really he reveals and he just springs up a new hope in our, in our hearts that we are his and he is ours. The God of the universe is whom we belong to. So what happens when we have found our identity in Christ? These are just a few things of many other miracles and testimonies that happen when we have an identity in God. We find our sense of security. This means that we feel safe and we don't need to say yes to things and situations that may try to pretend as a cover-up and a shield that is not the standard of God. We feel belonging. This means that we no longer feel out of place. We no longer feel pressured to say yes to relationships that are not godly. We finally gain a true sense of an identity that is only found in him. We become of significance. We know our value and we understand that we have been bought with a price. We understand fully well that our lives cannot be equated to anything else because we know that God is on our side. Nothing imitated, nothing borrowed, purely a relationship between a father and his sons and daughters who just simply want to experience the fullness and the love of who God created us to be. I just want to remind us this morning that we are God's masterpiece. He sees you as the apple of his eye. You are very important to him. So if you don't remember anything that I remember that I shared this morning, I just want you to remember that you belong to him. And the God of the universe had you in mind even before he created you. In Psalms 139, he speaks about, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. It says that your days were already written before I created you. And I don't know what that means to you, but for me it says that God properly, word for word, wrote my life story and then he created me. He word for word had me written in the palm of his hand and he saw my life worth fitting to be on this earth today. Sometimes we are so swayed by the emotions and the changes that are happening around us. There is war, there is COVID, there is flu, high rate prices and so many things that are happening around us. And we tend to forget who we are. 
we tend to lose our self of identity. We tend to have a low self-esteem. But this morning, I want to encourage us that you and I were created for a time such as this. And when we have an identity in Christ, when we know who we truly are and not believe in the lies that the enemy tries to whisper to us through different ways, let us always remember that God is on our side, the one who created everything. The almighty and powerful God created you and I. And today we have been given a new identity that can only be found in him. True, true identity. And that is only found in Jesus Christ. So this morning I'd like to invite you to partake in a bigger picture. Something way beyond the life here on earth. I'd like to invite you to a life eternal where you get not to only experience heaven here on earth, but get to experience heaven for the rest of your life, even after our lives pass on the face of the earth. If there are any people in this auditorium who are saying, I don't know this Jesus, and I would like to know him, and I would like to have the self of identity, and I would like to have this true identity in Christ, you can show by raising up your hand, and we will go through the sinner's prayer. And trusting God to do what only he can do. That he will meet you right where you are. Because that is the father heart of our God. He sees where you are. He knows where you are. He knows exactly what you're going through and what you need. So I'd like to invite you this morning to do business with God. And raise up your hand as we do the sinner's prayer with me. If there are any people in the room for the people um, that would like to receive Jesus Christ... You can show by raising up your hand and we will pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you this morning. Thank you, Almighty God, that you are sovereign all by yourself. We thank you, O God, that in you we live, we move, and we have our being. We thank you, Almighty God, that we are not here because of our own works, we thank you, mighty God, that nothing we can ever do can ever earn us the identity that is found in you. We thank you for the privilege, O oh God, this morning of just being able to come together to experience your presence and to experience the mighty things that you're doing in our lives. Jehovah God, I pray that you do a work in us that, Father God, that only you and only you can take control of. God, I pray that our hearts reflect you, Christ Jesus, that our hearts would only speak volumes of the love that you died for us to have. God, I pray that our hearts would be transformed and convicted, that we may walk boldly confessing who you are, Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for the work of the blood. We thank you, Father God, the cup, that the cup was not in vain. We thank you, O God, that we are made righteous in you this morning because of what you did for us on the cross. We give you all the praise and all the honor. We appreciate and we glorify your holy name. Let your name be exalted, O oh Father God, in our workspaces, in our work forums, wherever we are, God Almighty. God, I pray that you would do a work in us, that because of the identity that we have in you, we would be able, O oh God, to reflect you, Christ Jesus, to other people, that they too may find you, that they too may have the privilege of having a life well lived that is found in you. We give you all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.